Hello, hello, and welcome to this, the 19th episode of the Weekly Watch List, another pop culture podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA Traffic. My name is Sean Peter Budge, and I'm joined as always by Will Peters. William, hello. Hello. I've uh, finally got headphones and I can hear everything crystal clear. Heard the intro. Could bop along to the. You should have seen the Timbo and Fubba Ganoush when we hooked them up properly, like with sound for the first time. And it was like, do the thing, do the thing. No, you, you know those, you know those videos where they turn like children's hearing aids on. Yes, like those heartwarming, brilliant video. They're brilliant. Like it doesn't yeah. matter how many times you see them, they're also like the eyes go real wide. And it was like that. Like you could see, like Fab was scratching around doing something, and he just goes, his head pops up like a meerkat. He's like eyes like saucers. He's like, what? That's a, that's the song. And I was like, yeah, we played the song as part of the intro. And he's like, since when? I was like, you just put it in post-production. I was like, for quite a while. <laughs> um, so we are the weekly watch list. We get together every second week, more or less. Um, so it is false advertising to discuss what we've watched, what we've enjoyed or not. Should we recommend it? Mm-hmm. What do mm-hmm. we make of it? Yeah. And obviously discuss the news to start things off. Um, there's a few places to go. Nothing too major has come no, out news-wise since we last spoke. The big talking point was Gina Carano. Um, from The Mandalorian. She played Cara, um, yes. Cara June, given the flick by Disney. You're going to have to explain this to me because I loosely looked at what happened and I yeah, still don't so really understand. With, look, without wanting to get, it's a, without wanting to get into the, the, the minutiae of it and what she was tweeting and whatnot, Gina Carano is a Republican. She's a conservative voter and she was a vocal sort of Donald Trump supporter. What this is effectively is blacklisting. It's a, it's a black eye on Hollywood. They went through this 70-odd years ago with McCarthyism where they hunted down, cast out, blacklisted yeah, yeah. people they suspected of being communists. Like you know, the Red Scare. Yeah. And they, they ruined careers. They ruined reputations. And if you were suspected of being a communist, you weren't – some people genuinely were a communist. If you were suspected of being a communist, that's just as bad. And it was like the Salem witch trials. You were, you know, well, if you, if you drown – then, yeah, you weren't a commie. But if you float to the surface, you are a commie (laughs) and we're going to kill you. So very unbecoming. Gina Carano has basically been uh, blacklisted for for being a conservative um, voter. And it's it creates a really, really difficult conversation for Disney who suddenly cast themselves or found themselves cast in the role of of arbiter that is all all of good and we are going to be the judge and the jury and we are going to decide. This isn't the first time they've done it. They did it to Tim Allen. So the story behind Tim Allen was he was obviously Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. the Santa Claus, obviously made um, a lot of money for Disney and been a part of the Disney family for a long time. He is and has been for a very long time a conservative voter. Yeah. He had a show, I think it was called Last Man Standing, um, which aired on ABC in America. Uh, ABC is a Disney-owned network. Wasn't half bad. Very, very popular classic American sitcom, yeah, yeah, like yeah. classic eighties, nineties American sitcom. Um, very good ratings in Middle America, mm-hmm. in the Rust Belt. Not because it's a Republican-skewed conservative show, but it just leans into those values. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that type of show. Very good viewership. Good enough to be um, extended, no problems. At the height of the Trump presidency, cancelled. 
Toy Story 4 comes out, Tim Allen's a pretty big part of that. Some would say he's the second build, you know, Buzz Lightyear. It's Tom Hanks as Woody and it's Tim Allen as Buzz. Did you see Toy Story 4? I did. Buzz wasn't really in it, was he? Not particularly. No. He was in it in the sense of he was on screen. Yeah. But he had nothing to do. He was there just going through the motions. The character didn't have an arc. The character didn't have anything to do in the film. He could have been taken from the film entirely. His only thing was, was – is that the one where he's like Spanish and like he's dancing and stuff? That's the third one. So they did that and then they, they're going to make a new film called Lightyear. They're going to basically reboot the character. Chris Evans is going to voice the person whom Buzz Lightyear, the action figure, was based on. Mm. So they've basically recast Buzz Lightyear because Tim Allen – is it a conservative voter? Great, and that's great for the three to four year olds that are going to be watching. Who don't it. care? Yeah, but so everyone above the age of like eighteen is going to be like, mm, mm. not too many. It just creates it just creates a really nasty precedent, I think, for yeah, Disney. It just creates. Like, you look at twenty twenty, ev- any major huge business corporation during Black Lives Matter came out with some sort of email or pick a side. They pick a side. Or and people and companies that don't, they then get shafted by the mob, man. It's the, the mob, yeah, exactly. And the mob came after Gina Carano. It was a very small mob, very vocal. Enough they, of a mob, though. Enough of a mob lit the pitchforks. They marched on Disney, pressured Disney into dropping Gina Carano. And it's a shame because she was she was a nice part of the show. The show's not going to die because she's not in it no. anymore. But like I said, the precedent it creates is really dangerous. There's nothing wrong with an organization being apolitical. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. It's just there's a very... Uh, there's a minority now that expects... I wouldn't even call them a minority now. They're like a good percentage. They're not like... There is more of them than there is less of them that are there ready to cancel someone. And it's just... Someone or a you know, company. And it's, it's, so, it's so extraordinary that... It's going to keep happening. This yeah, doesn't end it. Exactly. They'll yeah. just turn to someone else next. They'll dig someone else up and they'll try to, you know. And as for Disney themselves, I mean, look, they've got a pretty checkered history with this sort of stuff going way back. They should know more than anyone that sort of art can exist free of political, you know, um, impugnment yeah. or, or political fingerprints. And The same people that cancer will be the same people that will uh, protest free speech. And you don't look, you don't... And you're like, well, what are you... By the same time, like, some of the things that Carano said, you're kind of going, look, you're probably better just to zip your mouth. You are. Like, you are probably better to zip your mouth. But by the same token, she's talking about how conservative, you know, Republicans in Hollywood are treated like uh, Jews by the Nazis. Mm. And you kind of go, well, <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. James Woods is a very, very vocal conservative. Persona non grata. You haven't seen James Woods in a lot of things lately. Mm. This Tim Allen thing, Gina Carano, a lot of them just don't talk about it or they don't say it because it's um, detrimental to their career. Mm. And that's a shame because her character on The Mandalorian has nothing to do with her political views in real life. Those two things could not be further away from one another. They, they couldn't have less to do with one another. So that was a big story out of the last, you know, two weeks. And like I said, it's a watch this space because this isn't going to be the last time this happens. It's not. Yeah. And we've Hollywood have been through this before and I would have hoped that they would have learnt from it. There's a difference between having conservative values and being dangerous. Mm. They went through this with communism. 
having communist views, socialist views, and being dangerous. I think, I don't know, I think as I've, you know, I'm only, what, 26, as I've become a little bit more woke since my uh, childhood, I would like to think that in the world generally that the generation that was, that's, you know, maybe a little bit older than you, once they start getting to power and positions of influence, that things are going to, like, not be as, like... You know what my hope is? Old school. I totally agree with you. You know what my hope is? That yeah. that, that generation and, and our generation slowly just take those positions. Yeah. That just this red versus... Shut up, you old this, hag. This red versus yeah. blue thing, most people, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just keep doing your thing. Like, <laughs> I, I... You know, sit there going, you don't have to be hard left, hard right. Most people are actually probably closer to the middle. Yeah. In terms of political, they have conservative views, they have liberal views. Mm-hmm. Most people probably exist in that centrist sort of area. They might lean one way or the other. But this, this, these, this te- these teams, these mm. nasty political, these spiteful teams that seem to exist... On both sides. On both sides, yeah. that are just as bad as each other, and, and that cannot be ignored, they are just as bad as each other, that it actually doesn't really benefit anyone. Like, a handful of people stormed the American capital, and Gina Carano kind of weighed in on that, it was such a small minority of radicalized buffoons. Mm. It was awful, and it was unbecoming. The fact that they, they were able to get that close says something about America, though. Oh no, absolutely. It's like, the but they were such a small part. Yeah. Of the bigger political picture, these yeah. radicalized morons. And it's the same thing for the, the Black Lives Matter thing, which spiraled into this giant citywide, nationwide riots. Mm. And you're kind of going. Just relax. <laughs> yeah. Like, just relax. Yeah. Whoever was in power, whether they're Prime Minister of Australia or the President of the United States, your day-to-day life is probably unaffected, generally speaking. Yeah. I still wake up and go and deliver mail, and what it doesn't matter who the Prime Minister is, really. It doesn't affect me at all. Exactly. And that's the same for everyone here. So, like I said, the Gina Carano thing was interesting to observe. At the same time, it was quite disappointing because it just feels like History repeating in the worst way. We we should have Hollywood should have learnt from the blacklisting last time out, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be on that scale. But at the same time, it's happening again, and it's just it doesn't need to happen, you know. And look, maybe Disney went to Gina Carano and gave her the old, yeah, stop it, stop it, don't, just yeah. just don't worry about it, don't get involved. Maybe she's gone. No, I'm. And I'm maybe she did. And you go, well, this. she should have known better, yeah, and yeah. she should have just zipped her lip. And you got to go. Everyone here could have done better. But at the same time, for Disney to come out and kind of get on the, you know, stride out on their high horse and say we've sacked her because her views are abhorrent and blah, 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 blah. Well, you're setting a bar for everyone that works for you then. Yeah, everyone. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So we'll w- watch that with interest and see who you cast out next. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine will, will end after the next season. Yes, I did see that. Uh, they've announced that they've uh, got a 10th episode, 10 episode, 8th season which has been delayed somewhat um, due to the Black Lives Matter protests and, and that has made them kind of go back to the drawing board on this last season. Um, and look, the show has probably become collateral damage of that shift in sentiment towards police. You know, mm. they I thought Brooklyn Nine-Nine was, was an excellent example of a show tackling sort of difficult issues yep. in the police force. They'd done episodes about racism. They'd done episodes about police brutality. They'd done episodes about... Homosexuality. They'd done episodes about that. Obviously, Captain Raymond Holt yeah. is a gay man. He's, he's, his relationship is displayed for everyone. Um, 
uh, Diaz is bisexual on the yep. show, so the representation is there. And um, so, you know, Terry is obviously a second in command and he's a black man. And Actually, I don't think they probably could have done the show better. No, no, exactly they, right. Yeah, they... Spot on. It's They've covered a lot of bases without being too, like... Preachy. Yeah. They've had a lot of hard conversations and broached a lot of hard topics. Like, it's different because it's reality, but, like, Amazing Race, you look at that, you've got... Your Aboriginal, your Aboriginals, your Indians, yeah, you know, your middle of Australia cowboys. Like it's like clearly like okay, they've literally just dipped their hand in the diversity bucket and yeah. just pulled out one of everything. But yeah, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine honestly couldn't have done any better. So it's a, it is a shame that, and I completely I understand that for them in the climate in America, particularly going back to the drawing board on this eighth season yeah. and sort of starting from scratch and going, how do we we can't ignore it mm-hmm. we can't ignore what has happened particularly given there a show set in new york we can't ignore what has happened we can't ignore the sentiment towards police we can't act like everything's as it was when mm-hmm. we went off the air last yep. so they've obviously probably looked at it and thought you know what we're gonna have a hard enough time getting the show back up and running in a way that the audience thinks is sincere and mm. and genuine and still be funny because you know like Funny cops, oh geez, is that appropriate, you know, for a lot of people? So, geez, maybe it's probably best we put the pin in it mm. now and we mm. can round out the season which finalises the entire show yeah. rather than limp on with, oh, are we doing another one? Oh, I don't know. But eight seasons, I mean, outstanding. They're going to have 150 plus episodes. Yeah. Um, so from where the show started, it was cancelled, came back. Uh, it is probably, oh, I think it's it's the best sitcom of the 2010s. Mm-hmm just in terms of sheer laugh-a-minute yeah. stuff. You know, The Office obviously ran during that time. Yeah. Parks and Rec's the same in those yeah, shows. Exactly. But for me, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is absolutely top of the pops. So that'll wrap up. Um, I'm not actually sure. There was obviously the, the delay in returning to filming. The show would have been back shortly. Mm. So that'll be pushed back again. I'm not sure exactly when to. Uh, Tim Burton is set to direct some of Netflix's newly announced Wednesday Adams show. Means nothing to me. Couple of things for you, Will. You're not going to top Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams mm-hmm. from those films in right. the early '90s. Right. She was outstanding. No one cares about Wednesday Adams. That's another thing. And Tim, you're better than this man. Like you're better than doing this. <laughs> you're better than doing a Wednesday Adams show on Netflix. Why? Ka-ching. Is it? Have to be. That's the. the and in all the press releases, it. they're like. You know, pop culture icon Wednesday Adams, and you're like, kind of, <laughs> like thirty years ago, sure, and Ooh. thirty years before that, yeah, sort of. This is the problem with all these streaming services. That's the problem with them. It's this should not be a thing. People there that will watch it. This should not be a thing. But funnily, it does sound a little bit like that successful uh, Sabrina remake, which sort of wrapped up, um, and it kind of sounds like a bit of a mesh, maybe of sort of that and maybe a bit of Harry Potter and Charmed, maybe. Charmed and a bit of like Riverdale. I'll always, forever and a day, watch the OG Sabrina over anything. Like just, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, and the old Salem. He was honestly one of the funniest that characters puppet cat. ever. Yeah. What was Harvey? What was the boyfriend's name? Yeah, Harvey. Um, he was the classic like early 90s dreamboat crush. Yeah. With his hair and the, the checked shirts. Yeah. Um, Disney say Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is still in development, Will. I've got news for them. It's not. 
It's never going to be made. So just announce that it's not happening. Everyone knows it's not happening. Johnson fucked Star Wars. He's never going to make another Star Wars movie. Just stop pretending like he's working away in the background on it because he (laughs) isn't. And if he is, he's got mental problems. It's never making it. Uh, Mortal Kombat trailer, did you see that? I think I saw a clip. Actually looks okay. Mm. Looks all right. Did the Assassin's Creed movie ever... Terrible. Mm. Unwatchable. Really bad. Mm. Really, really bad. Just like watching it in the cinema going, fuck, what is this? Mm. How has this gotten released? Do you watch it in the cinema? Yeah. Awful movie. Mm. I might have fallen asleep. (laughs) Um, What happened there? Uh, yeah, so uh, did you didn't see the Mortal Kombat trailer? No, I might People have seen listening, a screenshot or clip or something. Check it out. Like it looks a bit cheeky. It looks a bit cheeky and a bit silly and a bit mm. sort of. But it kind of looks like it might be a bit of fun. I'm a big fan of the mid '90s Mortal Kombat movie. That yeah. really got me right in the feels. <laughs> that came along at a really formative time for me. Yeah. And I, I remember watching it <laughs> and really enjoying it. And you go back now and watch, and you're like, "This is a bit crap," but I love it. Yeah. And this is hitting me in all those same places. I'm like, I'm there for this. <laughs> so uh, April uh, April 16th, um, you'll be able to find that. Uh, it'll be one of those Warner Brothers films that goes to streaming the same day as it's cinema released. Yep. So uh, it will get a cinema release, but it will also be available uh, by quasi-legal means. Um, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, has continued its fuck you world tour, Will, um, with the <laughs> Snyder confirming. I love this news. I, remember I think I might have seen. I, I read this and I laughed my ass yeah. off. So the film is going to have a 137 1 aspect ratio. Right. So, like, if you watch a normal movie, you know, like the, the widescreen 16 9 presentation yeah, yeah, yeah. has the bars on top yeah. because it's shot in a widescreen format. This film was shot effectively for IMAX exhibition. Now, IMAX screens are taller. They're as wide, but they're taller. Mm -hmm. So they they existed at 137.1, closer to rectangle aspect, closer to square aspect, than the typical 185.1 widescreen aspect. So basically, this is going to have black bars on the sides (laughs) of the screen (laughs) because it's shot in like a closer to square aspect. Yeah. So... Snyder's like, fuck you, I'm making this the way I want. I'm going to make this in an aspect ratio you last saw on TV in the 90s. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. I love I it. Saw a, I saw a tweet, might have been this morning or last night, about how Warner Brothers just, that everyone knew that the original cut was dog shit. It was, apparently it was unwatchable. Yeah, but they're like, oh, it's made, we can put it out. And then everyone's just gone... What the fuck is this? So they got so basically they were watching it, watching it, watching it, and somebody finally kind of went, "This is unwa- like th- This is terrible." Yeah. And they, Zack Snyder left the project because his daughter had committed suicide, which was an awful tragedy. Josh Sweden came in to kind of rework the script and reshoot bits and pieces of it, and we ended up getting a Frankenstein's monster of a movie, <laughs> which couldn't have possibly been better than what they originally had Snyder doing. Yeah. But apparently that Snyder cut is not very good. So what we're getting now is this four-hour Snyder cut with the crazy 137 aspect ratio. <laughs> ratio. Um, which I do understand. Like Snyder's rationale was when you shoot in an aspect, you're not cropping the shot. So everything that he shot will be on the screen, whereas yeah. normally you crop. You yeah, crop yeah. in or out. So um, in terms of the detail and the shots, it is going to be interesting. But I, I loved it. I love this this news that came out. I just thought, this guy. 
This guy, 137.1. So people are going to watch it and be like, huh? it's a fucking square. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's weird. Am I in a cinema? Or yeah, what the hell is happening with this shot? <laughs> so, and especially now that like, typically widescreen presentations come through on televisions without the bars because yeah. the TVs are the yeah. size of, yeah. yeah, the aspect, natively. Um, so that's pretty much the news. There's nothing really major. You missed one. Did I? Yeah. Daft Punk. Oh, yeah. Well, then, I mean... Well, no, I feel like they're pretty... Uh, and when was the last time they did anything? Probably with Pharrell. Um, Get Lucky? Didn't like that but song. like, you know, pretty influential... Uh, Absolutely they are. Tonight. <laughs> All right. And, uh, That's a shout back. That's a yeah. way back when. That uh, got us through some tough times at Carlton. Not, not so much tough not times. Not so much tough times. Very boring, boring times. times, yeah. With the sound cube. Mm. <laughs> and doing that stuff. We basically, we would sing um, you know, one more time, but we would only do the tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was, you sort of heard that and went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, super, as you say, unbelievably influential band, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, like, they haven't been active. No. But, like, in my, in my head, they were, you know, <laughs> like, early 30s. Just yeah. They've been around for so long mm. that it's... um. You know, everyone has their time. It was probably going to happen. I just didn't realise it was going to happen this soon. I do like it. They're, they're a cool case, though, of like a band that is just totally... One of my favourite films. I think I might have even reviewed it on an early episode. The Prestige. Right. That idea of living your act. Mm. So the idea of like Christian Bale's character. The trick is the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, it's a twin, but they live one life. Daft Punk, they're... they're um, loyalty to like to the to this act of we wear the mask with the helmets mm. and blah, blah blah. That's the gimmick, and that's our gimmick, and that's how it is. That's how it always will be. Is brilliant, and to have done it for so long, and to have resisted all the temptation that might have existed to be yeah. unmasked and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah blah. So they get they get to have all the good parts of being Daft Punk, the super popular, super influential, super um, money making machine band mm. and they also get pretty much complete anonymity yeah i'd love i would love though in like 10 to 15 years one of them becomes like a you know producer or something or you know blows up for some sort of reason because they've helped an artist do something and then they're doing an interview and they just like put the mask on put the mask on or or take all they walk in with the mask and they're like nobody cared who i was before i put on the mask <laughs> Bane. i was born in the dark <laughs> What a strange decision that was for <laughs> that to be his voice. <laughs> Have you seen the video where somebody did his? He blows up the football stadium. Yeah. And he does. He does. He does. Scatman. <laughs> so I'm Bane comes. He, so he goes. <laughs> everybody's going. I can't even do it. I can't even do it justice. But this guy's imitating it, and in a Bane voice, he goes. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> he's doing it real slow but he holds up the trigger to blow the stadium up and he goes he goes i'm a scat man <laughs> i can't even do it it's brilliant there's, there's this trend on, on TikTok oh. at the moment where it's like replace an iconic movie scene with um with like a hit pop song of this the last, is very like much like years. that yeah and it's some of the ones that come out of that trend are unbelievable it's just like there'll be iconic like tv moments mm. Um, like the, uh, like the Breakfast Club, obviously has the dance. Like, yeah, 
Um, and they just they put in some like Carly Rae Jepsen thing or something, and everyone's just like, "No, this is not okay." <laughs> Look up the Bane Scatman thing. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, when I first saw it, um, tears. And it's not like it's hard to describe like the mental state you had to. But I was just like, <laughs> it was such. You know, you open up the video and you're like, "What is this?" And it was untitled. Yep. It was this, that, and the other. So you're not, "What is this?" And that's what it was. It was Bane singing Scatman. Mm. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, so our first pick of the week, we're obviously going to talk about three things. We share a pick because that, just in terms of the formatting of the show, works a lot better than exactly. not. Um, I watched and I told Will to watch, so we both watched. This time I actually did download the files. Excellent. Framing Britney Spears. This was a doco. Trending. It was a 75-minute doco, I think-ish. Very easy to watch. Very easy to watch, um, made by the New York Times. So it was a New York Times production, um, mm-hmm. an online sort of video series. I think Hulu. it's streamed through Hulu. Yes. Absolutely. Um, an interesting watch, challenging at times. Mm. Very strange. Um, basically charts, I think, without wanting to get too far ahead of ourselves, I think it probably tried to put a few too many balls in the air to juggle. What, am, what are we trying to say? Yeah. Because... The, the part so of the doco... Pushing that a couple of points through. You're like, just give me... They like had a few points. agendas. Yeah, yeah. They had a few agendas. And I think at its core, the the most compelling part of the, the documentary is the simplest part, which is charting media's disintegration of Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. You know, from middle America, kind of like she's from Louisiana, from like um, Girl Next Door, America's Sweetheart. Yeah. The way they... The media the way they hounded her into a mental breakdown, Mm. disgusting. Yeah. Like you watch it back now, you watch it all put in order chronologically and how it happened. It's in that same boat of Diana though. Oh, it is, it is. But you sit there and you're like, it's it's confronting in that situation because you're like, we lived through this. Yeah. And by the time she has the breakdown, you're like, this is the only way it was going to end. Yeah. And then when I say agendas, there was a few things there about the Free Britney movement, which in and of itself just speaks to that growing cult of personality in society, whether it be... A bit of a conspiracy. Whether it be political leaders or um, celebrities or whatever, there is this cult of personality in society now where these people worship the idea of this other person who they actually don't know anything about. And they don't know anything about the circumstances. They don't know anything about... What's actually all on assumptions? What's actually happening? So, Britney Spears, when she had her breakdown, was placed under a conservatorship, which is effectively like a power of attorney. Yep. And her father became her conser- uh, conservator, um, and he's effectively responsible for everything yep. to do with her because she's deemed unfit by the court. Yep. We don't know if she's fit. Exactly. The Free Britney movement has no idea if she's fit. They have no idea what state she's in. They've got no idea of her day-to-day ups and downs. So that part of the documentary that kind of advocates for them, yeah. I think was a bit opportunistic because yes. you're like, I have the utmost sympathy for the position that Britney Spears was put in by the media. Yep. But I, we have no idea if she's, quote-unquote, if she's better. Yeah. We can't know. We don't know. Yeah, I think... What the, the I think a dodgy part of it though is that you know the dad wasn't there for so much of her career totally, and then he swoops in and go and like they 
I guess it's, you know, every a lot of stuff could have been cut, but the one quote that, like, sticks with me is that, you know, he came in and said, oh, my daughter's going to buy me a boat one day. All he really cared about was the success and the money from his daughter. I think too. What and then now he's got access to that and, you know, he could yeah, be like, oh, I'm setting you up for, you know, buying and buying into things and, you know, um, buying assets, rah, rah, rah. I suppose from the family's point of view, I can't remember the guy's name, but that shifty guy who got involved yeah, with her yeah. later After on. After the breakdown. Yeah. Uh, and you sit there going, well, he's exploiting her. Yeah. Like he is. 100%. So if you're the family, yeah. you'd be sitting there going, no, 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 no. Mm. Go, if, if anyone's going to protect her, it, it's going to have to be us. Yeah. And fuck, maybe it's good for the dad. It is. You sit there going, maybe it's good for whoever. But you're for like... Me, in that situation, it's black and white. Get a lawyer. Has to be a lawyer. Has to be someone who's... Like a power attorney. Like yeah. A, yeah, look, I, I, um, I really... The, one of my takeaways from it, to be honest, was Britney's... The paparazzi always existed. Yep. But they exploded onto the internet during Britney's yeah, exactly. sort of career. You know, your TMZs and like. It went from being tabloid newspapers to... Clicks. And clicks yeah. and, you know, immediate gratification on the internet and Rotten. sensationalist on the internet. Essentially blew up Perez Hilton to... Spot on. Yeah. And the, the paparazzi bits where they're just... Just own the fact that you're scumbags. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, I was asking her if she was all right, how her day was. Yeah, but then you fucking, like, drove her to... Own it. Like, bashing your car with an umbrella. So, and But then, you sit and go, that result for you is those photos are worth millions. Yeah. And they set your life up. Yeah. So, just own the fact you're a scumbag. And just, I thought the first guy was almost going to say it. The, the paparazzi. Mexican one. Yeah, the, I thought he was kind of leaning yeah. into the idea of potentially saying, look, what I do is... But then he kind of veers left and goes... He tries to justify it. He goes, it. it's a job. You like, kind of go, yeah. you can say that. You can sit there and go, yeah, I am un- uncomfortable yeah. a lot of the time by what I've done. Yeah. Um, but the real, but you know, in the case of this, you capture an image or a moment. Yeah. I understand its its impact on the person, yeah. but it's worth a million dollars. Exactly. That's a lottery ticket. So own it. You can say that, yeah, look, I've, I've done some things that I'm not proud of, mm-hmm. but that part of it for me was pretty challenging. Um, Look, I really, I really enjoyed the doco. Mm, it was in, infor- in the sense informative because it's something look, that I've never wanted to. I've never set out. Okay, I'm just going to research Britney Spears for fucking enjoy two, is the two wrong days. word because there was yeah. nothing enjoyable about watching what happened to Britney. But like all the stuff, what I found most interesting too was like, I think <laughs> plenty of plenty have been, yeah. but she was this fetishized young woman. Yeah. She burst onto the scene and she was in the, you know, the school outfit, yeah. in whatever. And then over the, the next years, she became very highly sexualized yeah. because that, that sells, exactly that sells everything, this image of her. So she went from being the beautiful Southern girl next door to the media's eyes. They, they turned her into a slut, yeah. into a whore. Into like a unless you, unless your tone's an eye and it's, you, you, you have to be sexy. To sell, unfortunately. Well, I that's think. it, and and she she went from, so she went from being, the biggest thing in the world, yeah, and everything was right whilst the going was good, and then all of a sudden people decided, nah, you're too you're you're too risque, yeah. And thinking, no, you, you wanted this, yeah. And she's not alone in that regard. Like she's, you know, she's absolutely not alone in, in falling foul of that, you know, the demonization of, um, provocative young women who are presented to the public as one thing and then 
later on, oh, well, no, she's just, oh, it's just, just dirty, isn't it? Oh, it's just. Happens in every industry, though. You look at tennis with Nick Kyrgios. He's only ever painted as a bad boy. And, mm. like, he, he'll, you know, they're like, when they talk about, you know, oh, Aussie Open coming up, how long till Kyrgios cracks? Yeah. Like, maybe talk about how, how far he might get or talk about, like, the positive side of his game. Well, look at a girl. The look positive side of him. To then, so he doesn't end up going to press conferences and be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Like, whatever. whatever. Well, you think about Brittany, you go, like, there was a great interview she did with Diane Sawyer and a few others. Mm. She could not have been more gracious. Mm. In the face of all this scrutiny, she could not have been more the image people wanted her to be. Yeah. Southern charm, all yeah. that kind of stuff. She could not have been any more gracious. And they just turned the screws. Yeah. And they just kept turning the screws on her. And they just kept doing it until she broke. Yeah. And then the cost of that is she loses her kids. She, like she, you know, and, and stuff like that. And she's paint, she's the one who the press cracked. Mm. And then they're going to profit off that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, everyone wanted a piece of her. I mean, we'll all talk, those brands. Yeah. We'll everyone judged her for it. You know, she started off as one thing, then she became Trailer Park. Yeah. And you kind of go and. And then well, the, the stuff where she was, you know, like she was an absent mother. She was an unfit mother. Yeah. You, stuff, you sit there going, just that disintegration became so personal, so public. Yeah, anything she did was then bad. It was only ever going to end the way it did. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about that mob before. As soon as this came out, that mob was then jumping on JT going, you better fucking apologise or we're going to cancel you. But how good was – But I thought the doco was really effective too in basically laying bare – Timberlake used that image of Britney against Britney for his own career. He created this image of her as something that she probably wasn't. Yeah. And used it, the salacious details of their breakup and she'd been, she cheated on him and he was this Puritan with a broken heart. And you're going, no, you exploited this woman for your own personal growth and your own career. You exploited her. You actually played an enormous part in this media mob and this swell of, yeah. oh, she's, oh, she's so, she's, oh, she's, she's this and she's that and she's, yeah, she's dirty trailer park, she's a cheat yeah. and all this stuff to sell records yeah. to better yourself when you knew stuff probably wasn't true. He probably didn't need it either. And he probably didn't need it. No. So I think there was a degree of ownership on his part to sit there and actually go, unlike the paparazzi, yeah. to go, yeah, look, I did and that's disgusting. And he, he may, we don't know, he, he may have apologised for stuff to do with that um, previously. But the public, well, the public don't know that. And look, after watching something that goes so public, he needed... Uh, had to respond. Yeah. I remember seeing even an episode of SNL many, many years ago. And it was interesting it wasn't used in the doco. But there was a moment where... They're pretty strict about their licensing. He SNL. said something about... What was the joke was something... He was an Irish... He was coming to America. And he was, you know, in the 30s. On the, and he came into Ellis Island... And he he's goes, oh, my ancestors are going to become a pop song, you know, pop sensation. You know, he's going to date um, this beautiful, virginal, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to say they didn't do it, but they did. And he's, I remember sitting there at the time, this was years ago. You can find the clip. I remember yeah. sitting there at the time going, geez, that's that's tacky. Yeah. And that's and that was after Britney had had her issues. Yeah. And just going, that's bad. Yeah. This idea of you're once again selling this... This this visage of oh, I got her. Then again, though, that's the a notch on my belt. I got her. Writers would have absolutely, yeah. but he can still sit there and go, 
Nah. Yeah. How good was it? You know, they're showing those bits from Family Feud. Mm. You know, what has Britney what lost? Has Britney her dignity, lost? her hair, yeah, yeah. her career, blah, blah, blah. One of the best things to come from it, you know, people sort of, talk show host sort of went after her and she, she was the butt of these jokes in monologues. Did you see the Craig Ferguson video? To refresh my memory. I don't think it was in the doco, but this Craig Ferguson video surfaced during the height of these problems for Britney where he basically said, this is a woman who is in trouble and she needs help. And she goes, he goes, I'm not going to pile on because I'm not going to tell jokes at her expense. And you kind of don't think that would have made the cut because then, but I think it surfaced after the doco yeah, aired where yeah. people actually said he is at the height of Jay Leno and yeah. Letterman, for instance, Here's someone actually saying skewering her in the press yeah. and piling on and you know adding to the fire. Mm-hmm. He was somebody who actually had the emotional intelligence to say, "No, she needs she needs support. Yeah, she needs help." Mm-hmm. And me coming out here and land in a couple of cheap zingers at her expense yeah. he goes i'm because i think we're better than that and he was somebody who had himself suffered with addiction and had a really checkered past and um just had as i said the emotional awareness to go I'm not doing that mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not being just another one who goes after her so look I, I think it's a really interesting watch i think it was really well put together i think the argument about her the mental disintegration by the media was really well articulated and really well presented. I thought that some of those other elements we spoke about, the agenda perhaps against her father, was lacking the context of mm. we actually don't know yeah. what their relationship is. A little bit more proof was probably needed. We don't know what situation Britney's in type thing. Yeah. And obviously the free the free Britney movement, mm-hmm. we obviously don't know the details to sit here and say, nah, she's all better again. She doesn't need to be under... Any of these restrictions, yeah. nah, she's totally fine. You go, because she's, she's probably not. The heads of the Free Britney movement are literally just going off her Instagram. Yeah, and you go, that, you can't do that. Someone could be posting that for her. We don't know. They're not living the day-to-day with her, like the family would be who are observing like, the ups and the downs. Go and get a job and worry about something else. <laughs> no, it is, isn't it? It's like this that we spoke about cult of personality. Yeah. You're idealising this deeply flawed, deeply human, deeply troubled woman who has gone through... Highs and lows that we couldn't possibly imagine, and worse than that, has had to live her life under the most intense public glare. Yeah, she was more famous than f- just about everyone. Oh yeah, and but you look at you know Bieber was probably on track for Bieber, one of them, but then someone's intervened just after he'd had a couple, you know, a couple of close calls. Yeah, and then he's gone. They've gone. You need to like chill out. And then somehow they've wrangled him in and now he's kind of back on the mend. And he's they wait for you to step a toe out of line. They wait for you stuff. to step a yeah. toe out of line. They come for you. Michael Jordan would have been at that level. Michael Jackson would have been at that level. You know, El- Elvis Tiger, back Tiger in the day. Woods. Tiger Woods. You know, they exist at that level. Hope he's okay. Hope he's okay. Shout out to Tiger. But you, he's a big fan. Um, but no, totally. Like these, these celebrities get to the top yep. and then society has an awful, awful habit of going, no. No, we're not interested. Your success, you're too successful yeah. now. Let's get some dirt. Let's let's see you crack. Even like Jeff Bezos came. Yeah, it's just like he built that on his own. Like let him bask in his money. Like yeah, he's too big. Because you're working at Starbucks or wherever you are. Yeah, don't be earning minimum wage. Don't shit on him. That's not his fault. No, there was a great. I think I've probably told you the Steven Spielberg Jaws one. Yeah. Brilliant. Spielberg, uh, when asked why Jaws didn't get nominated for Best Picture, 
one of the best films ever made. Mm. Certainly the best film made in 1975. Mm. Doesn't get nominated. And actually, I'm not 100% sure if it was Best Director or Best Picture. But either way, it, like, it should have been nominated. Yeah. And he was asked why, and he, he responded, he goes, people love a winner, but they hate a winner. Mm. People love a success, but don't get too big. Don't get too good. Because yeah. then, look at football, soccer, whatever. People can't just sit back and go, geez, those Messi and Ronaldo, ridiculous. Yeah. Or LeBron, how ridiculous is LeBron? You'll be never as good as Kobe. You're never as good as someone else. Yeah. He's overrated. Only scores penalties. Yeah. You're going, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, he'll never be that good. He's someone else is better. You're going, mm. So I think Britney Spears, um, framing Britney Spears, I think it's worth a watch. Definitely. I think it's worth a watch. I think, I think it's the points that it argues well, it argues very well. Um, says, well, it gives you a good oversight of her, like her history. I was I was unaware of that she went back to school after Disney, after Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. I just thought she went straight from that into being like a young pop star. How tragic is it where you see all those, like the hard yard she had to go through to get, you know, living in New York yeah, and yeah. had to go through the castings to get the look, to get the opportunity, to get in front of the right people and to maybe get the chance and then her career kind of blows up from there. Yeah. How tragic is it where you see like the young, wide-eyed, She's just made made it, yeah. and that's the dream. The dream was first step of, fuck, yeah. I made it. I've actually, wow. Yeah. And then you sort of see it's not even 10 years later, yeah. and she's been destroyed by these terrible, these outside forces. I, I also feel sorry for the um, that assistant. Mm. Like, you know, she, she was there helping her through everything she needed, and then the people, the bad people in Britney's life that took advantage of her then go... You're part of the uh, the former like good supportive crew. You're not. You're gonna not. You're not gonna allow us to make the most from her because you're gonna be in her ear saying no, no, no. And that's the that's the danger for me, isn't it? Say say for instance, the weekly watch list became like Joe Rogan experience. You sit there going, we actually using as an example. You're like, never gonna happen. But manifest, 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 The secret, the secret. If you if you want it, if you say it, you will have it. Um, but say, for instance, that was to happen. Well, we just do this in a room, the two of us. But the machine would become massive, and all of a sudden, you'd have people who weren't there at the ground floor, who weren't there when it started. They want something from it as well. Yeah. And so their interest, their self interest, starts to bleed in. That's what happened with Britney, and that's what happens with everyone. Yeah. You mentioned Bieber, and if people can catch it in time, they can write the ship. But yeah. look, I think it's worth a watch. Um, framing Britney Spears, mm, yeah. interesting. Uh, my first pick of this week. I've actually kind of gone back to the well on these two picks. These are things my my two isolated picks are things that I'd already seen before, but found myself rewatching in the last couple of weeks for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this year marks the twentieth anniversary of the release of the first Lord of the Rings. A Fellowship of the Ring. Right, okay. So 2021 is the films. 20th anniversary of the Lord of the Rings trilogy hitting cinemas and I went back and, and re-watched um, yep. the trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. The first one, Fellowship of the Ring, yep. is so good of a movie, it's annoying. Yeah. I like the other two, but having gone back and re-watched them, I re-watched them and then I re-watched The Fellowship again. This went. This is. I love everything it is because 
It is lightning in a bottle. The film had to work. Yep. They'd got two more in the can. Yeah. They'd spent a lot of money on them. If this didn't work, if this it could have very easily been terrible. Mm-hmm. It was, and it remains. It is amazing. Yeah. And if you break that film up as well, you, like it goes for, I think the extended cut goes for like three twenty, maybe just three twenty ish. There's no fat on it. Mm. It's the most compelling watch. A three hour twenty minute movie. You sit there going. You break it up into little episodes, almost like the prologue. The fucking prologue. Yeah. The prologue is one of the great... If anyone is studying media, if anyone is studying filmmaking, if anyone has an interest, watch what Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens, what they accomplished in the first... goes for six or so minutes Mm. of the first Lord of the Rings movie is some of the greatest storytelling ever. Mm. You could go into that movie, and I'd never read Lord of the Rings. I was 13. Book's too big for me. Large book. (laughs) But you could go into that movie knowing nothing about these films, yeah. these world, and the world is enormous. And in six minutes, you know exactly what is happening. What are the stakes? What are they after? Where is the world? Who are these characters? You got the elves, they're fighting the orcs, blah, blah, blah. Then after that, you go straight into the Shire stuff and you meet Frodo, you meet Gandalf. Mm. And it goes from the it is the most unbelievable achievement in sitting there saying we've got five minutes to hook an audience and they don't just hook the audience they get you turning the page so to speak saying that though i am a big big fan of this of this franchise it's not a it's not a franchise in a set of movies that is watchable for everyone i reckon it's pretty close it is very close but there's a you know I tried to I tried to watch it with Maddie before we went to New Zealand. Just so I was like, you know, it was all shot over there, amazing piece of art. art. Um, and we kind of we <laughs> tried like I, knowing that I loved, them, I was prepared to sit there and watch them all in one sitting. But I, like I was just, you know, it's not it's it's not watchable for everyone because Maddie Maddie struggled to watch it. I think there was an element too of having lived through it and having the episodic nature of looking forward every December. Yeah. to the next instalment was, was a big part of it. Uh-huh. And particularly for someone like me who'd never read the book and didn't know anything about it, that first film ended. And there was a real sense of, like, the film came out and it was a, like there were enough people telling you this is a big deal for you to go, okay, what and is there's it? There's a lot of really good behind-the-scenes stuff with it We're going to well. get to this. So good. going to get to this. But there was, there was enough people saying, Lord of the Rings has finally been adapted and you're kind of yeah. going, oh, okay, okay, well, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> we'll watch it. And walking out of the cinema going, fuck. What does that? Yeah. And I like I just made some notes here. Like the first one in particular had such a tactile, brilliant texture of this like cinema at its absolute best, realized at its best. It is the high watermark yeah. of fantasy adaptations. The Minds of Moria scene, Moria, sorry. That's what I mean by by chapters. You break the film up into sequences. Like when they get to Rivendell's a really nice sequence. They set off on the journey. Yep. They get to Moria. They have the battle inside. Gandalf fights the Balrog. Then they get to Lothlorien. Then they sort of kick on from there. The Boromir's death is one of the greatest death sequences ever committed to film. The actual whole, the just the the geography of it, and you know, like I got goosebumps. I remember watching it again, and you know what's coming. You've seen exactly, the film, yeah. but I got goosebumps. The bit where they're all fighting in the woods, and you know, and, and 
Merry and Pippin are getting attacked by the Urukai, and then Boromir, who, when we last saw it, succumbed to the ring. Boromir comes to their defence, yeah. and he's fighting for them. And then they cut to the top of the mountain, and Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli are fighting, and they hear the horn. And it's just, and then Aragorn, they're running down the hill to him, and you're just going, I just remember sitting there going, this is as fucking brilliant yeah. filmmaking and storytelling 20 years later. Mm. And I know what happens. Mm. And it's just, it is... I cannot love this film anymore. Yeah. And the other two are good. The other two are very good. Very good watches. Um, and then The Hobbits as well, obviously. Unwatchable dog turds. Really? I hate them. I loved them. I hate them so much. Why? I think Martin Freeman's really good as Bilbo. Yeah. I think that was inspired. I think he's perfect. Mm-hmm. They're just big CGI messes. They're just unwatchable. These films have got a feel that, especially the first one, they can feel the sets. Oh, it's the yeah, it's the epicness. The production the design, you can feel the sets, you can yeah. feel the locations, and everything's lived in. Yeah. Whereas in the Hobbit, everything's a green screen. Yeah. Like I'm a big Star Wars fan, and those Star Wars prequels get a lot of hate, and some of it is deserved. The Hobbit films are worse in every regard. They are bloated. Yeah, interesting. They are unnecessary. The CGI is shit. Whereas this Lord of the Rings film, oh, so good, and. In closing, um, really set again a high watermark for DVD bonus features. Mm. The extended editions and the appendices. I'm pretty sure they're all on YouTube as well. So good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they are as brilliant to watch as the film. This is a film that was made lovingly by a crew that enjoyed the process. This is a film that they documented that process and you just don't really get that anymore. No. Um, this was sort of the high, the high end of making stuff to sell a DVD, yeah. which kind of, Digital age doesn't really exist anymore. No. People don't put the effort in. Um, so the film is excellent. All the making of is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so like I said, 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings is this year. Came out in December of 2001. So I went back and rewatched them again. And particularly Fellowship is just, like I said, could, there has never been, arguably, and never will be again, a more brilliant lightning in a bottle moment that kickstarts a franchise. Yeah. Um, but like it's what Peter Jackson does, and it's, and he's just so it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. So that's my pick of the week. Lovely, I love that pick. Um, I was I was going to talk, you know, being a Victorian, both of us, we you know, just enjoyed another little lockdown. It. Um, I was going to talk about episode one to four of Star Wars, which, but then I thought we'd get very very off track. I mean, we can do that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, one day we'll have a Star Wars exclusive episode. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to talk about that. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, during lockdown, you know, when we weren't watching a movie, when me and Maddie weren't watching a movie that I wanted to watch, um, she she did want to enter that world though, which is always good. Um, you know, relationships are built on compromise. I watch some of her stuff. She watches some of my stuff. Um, we went into obviously I'm best friends with the uh, with the with the trending. Uh, menu on on netflix something that has been trending for the last couple of weeks is superstore what is it superstore superstore yes um it's basically a basically an, in, an insight into um a middle america supermarket mm-hmm. kmart target sort of like a walmart yeah um but they call it cloud nine interesting in my head, I just go straight to the Dirty Club in King Street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard of that. <laughs> what kind of club is it? It's 
disgusting. Oh yeah. It's um think of anyone that wears like Nina Pasadena. Oh yeah. And they've got like waxy hair with yep. all their hair out the sides and they're shuffling and sweatpants taking drugs. No, they more like all they sell is water there because everyone's so like pinging. Really? They, yeah. They don't sell alcohol at all. Or, but like they would make more money on water than yep. they would on alcohol. It's it's disgusting. Anyway, they should go with like a camel pack <laughs> filled with water in it. Um, in the height, yeah, in the height of Cloud Nine, it was putrid. Anyway, this one's called Superstore. The store is called Cloud Nine. Um, super, super interesting, wide, uh, not wide, very diverse uh, cast. You've got kind of one of the anchors of the show, um, America Ferrera, obviously Ugly Betty. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you've got um, a plethora of uh, of like B-grade Hollywood kind of, not extras, but they're like, they're always, they always play a role. You're know, like, oh, I've seen that guy in a million things. He's always, he'll be the chef or he'll be the baker. He'll be... The, the candlestick po- the, maker. Yeah, the postman. Yeah, like, I'm they're, the postman. They're just there and... They almost they there's like one in every episode, so you like you watch it and you go, ah, that's the guy. You know what I find unbelievable what? about this? Having just looked up Superstore, five seasons, five seasons. Yeah. I've legitimately never heard of this show. Neither had I. That only just it's only just come on um, Netflix, and everyone like everyone in obviously Australian Netflix, everyone in Australia is just like raving it. People that are starting it, they're watching it, but just like Brooklyn Nine Nine, the first episode's really tough to get through. But Comedies, they, man, they've got to find their yeah, feet. Yeah, they've got to find their feet. Find but their feet. Well, I think me and Maddie are up to maybe episode seven or eight now. This show has had over a hundred episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the problem too. I mean, this isn't a Netflix show. This is an NBC show. Correct. That's now on Netflix, which is fine. But, wow. Yeah. Six seasons. It's got um, it's got early Brooklyn Nine-Nine vibes. Yep. Um, just this similar comedy. They've got a very, very funny character. Um, who play Colton Dunn? He plays someone in a wheelchair, and his character is unbelievable. It's like a um, plays like a like a Rosa kind of character, just like a I don't give a flying f, you know, um, and <laughs> just plays like a narcissistic asshole, but is hilarious. Um, it's a very very watchable show. I might give it a look. Seven seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. Um, yeah, five seasons, twenty-two minute episodes. You could, it's it's a lockdown special, so keep it in your back pocket if you if you get locked down. I just can't get over the fact that it's six seasons. Yeah. Wow. Um, for me, America Ferrera will always be Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty. For me, she'll always be the one of the girls in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. True. She good, also good, guest good movies. Uh, Didn't mind them. She also guest starred in an episode of Happy Endings, which was one of my favourite uh, comedies True. of the 2010s. Yeah. Wow. Superstore. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Josh Lawson's in it as well. Josh Lawson's yeah. in Mo- uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, really? He has this really <laughs> weird Australian accent at the end. Yeah. It's like, just use your normal voice. Well, like Josh Lawson, you hear, I, th- I think Americans would probably hear it and be like, oh, it's just, you know, probably an American just mm. doing a role. But then Aussies hear it and there's little like, yeah, little things, to words, yeah. like uh, you can tell this isn't like a super, There's super always hard little production. inflections. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's again, it's an easy, very easy to watch show. If you're wanting to find a new show to binge on for the next couple of months, or you need a little, you know, you're coming from surgery or you get locked down, and you want to put something on, 
Super, super easy to watch. Um, pretty funny. Okay, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, so it started actually... in like 2015, which I was totally unaware. It's 2021 Mate, now. bizarre. Plenty of episodes to binge. Get on it. Yeah, like this is, if you like it, yep. there's 107 episodes exactly. for you to, to tear through. You don't have to like it either. I don't mind it at the moment. I hope you can get a lot better. You just have to tolerate it. Mm. It's definitely got that season premiere. The season premiere in the series premiere, we should say, was watched by 7.21 million people back in 2015. Boy. Must have been more publicised. It averaged 6.5 million viewers a week in America. That's not bad. No. Crazy, 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 crazy. crazy. Yeah, that is strange, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, well, my third and final pick of the week is something again, a little bit like Lord of the Rings. It's um, it's it's something that I have long watched before. I've already seen it. And I already loved it, and I'm, I'm finding myself rewatching it again. Um, Barry. Barry. So Barry stars Bill Hader, and he's uh, plays a hitman. It's a HBO show. It's uh, two seasons of eight episodes apiece, so sixteen seasons currently. Recent, uh, sixteen episodes. Or is it like old? Started in. 2018, 2018, 2019. Um, season three was delayed because of COVID. Yep. So they, they were going to shoot it early last year, got delayed. I think they've returned to shooting now. Side so note, did you hear New York theatres are opening? No. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, so anyway, Barry's basically a uh, hitman from Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. who goes to LA to do a hit on this guy who's a wannabe actor slash... Um, gym instructor who is training the wife of a Chechen mobster. Right. So they sit there and go, we want you to kill this guy because he's we think he's sleeping with this guy's wife. Yeah. So anyway, Barry goes to do some recon and he ends up getting sucked into the acting class mm-hmm. and liking it. So he's a bit awkward. He doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He wants to now be an actor. That's the bare bones crux of the story. It is fantastic. Henry Winkler plays the acting class teacher, Gene Cousinow. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it's just brilliant. It's There's equal parts. It's some really funny little comedy moments. It's brilliantly written comedy. There's a little bit of like Dexter-y type stuff yeah. where he's like nasty. Like there are nasty hits and nasty moments of violence and whatnot. Is that Bill Murray? Bill Hader. Bill, sorry. Bill Hader. So In my head I was thinking Bill Murray. I'm Bill like, Murray, what? what? Have I missed this? <laughs> How is this? <laughs> How is this a thing that's not so publicized? Yeah. But look, this is, uh, like I said, it's a couple of years old now. Yeah. We've had to wait for the next season just by virtue of uh-huh. situation in the world. Yeah. Outstanding show. Genuinely outstanding. Bill Hader um, writes and, and directs bits and pieces, created the show with a yeah. guy named Alec Berg. Um, it's just outstanding. It's genuinely one of the best shows on TV currently. It is still active. Um, two seasons of eight episodes apiece. Fantastic performances. Yeah. Really funny stuff. Henry Winkler is brilliant as the acting coach who's like... Not had any success, but yeah. he's shepherding these people supposedly towards acting success. Uh, Bill Hader is just just brilliant. Always has been. He always has been. And he just here, this is a vehicle for him that lets him be funny, be yeah. serious, show off his acting chops, show off his sort of writing. I, hope he, I hope he gets a couple more, um, you know, in the coming future, big roles that aren't the comedic relief. It's a hard... Have you seen his... His roast of um, James Franco, yeah. where he's the president of Hollywood, yeah. and he does the thing. He goes, "Where's Bill Hader?" 
Yes, he's good if you need an expositional line delivered. <laughs> so, you're going to follow in Hawaii? Yes, <laughs> yes, bro, yes, Bill, now fuck off for the rest of the movie. Um, look, he, he's great. And, and he, he's been great ever since being on um, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, he had little turns in, in different things, like mm-hmm. an Adventureland, he'd pop yeah. up in that and be good. He's been good for a long time. This is his first proper yeah. starring vehicle. Looking forward to it. Definitely have a look at it. Yeah. Um, it's a really watchable show and... Pretty much everyone who's in it's great. Where can I source it? It's a HBO show. So I think Foxtel Go people should be able to stream it. If not... Not made of money. I do have... A legal version. Questionably obtained copies. (laughs) Um, It's fantastic, Barry. For those listening, if you can never find something, just hit Sean up. On Twitter and I'm not sure if you're from ASIO. <laughs> if you're from ASIO, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but uh, another star turn in sorry in um, in Barry is Stephen Root, who people would have seen in a lot of things. He's probably most well known for Dodgeball. He played the guy whose wife had left him. You know the sort of yeah. dumpy guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been in heaps of stuff. Yeah. Stephen Root. Um, he plays um, Munro Fuchs, who is like Barry's boss. Right. And sort of hooks him up with these hits. And okay. he, he's fantastic. Yeah. So I literally could not recommend this show anymore. Um, it is brilliant. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Um, well, my third and final pick for the week is something I've briefly talked about off pod with Sean. Um, as uh, you know, the most widely known in the last couple of months for basically going viral with Donald Trump. Do you remember me showing you a video of these like three dudes doing YMCA with Donald Trump before yes, a pod? Yeah, I do. So uh, there's these guys called the no- their brand is Nelk or the, the Nelk Boys. Um, and Are they, they an internet comedy troupe? They're not comedy. They used to be. They back when on YouTube when pranks all you could f- ever find tr- on trending on it's YouTube basically was just pranks, just prank channels. It was just punked. Walk, yeah, walking into a supermarket and spraying some mist and going, oh, choo, oh sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, that's... That kind of highbrow stuff. Yeah. Um, so, basically, they have now become huge in America in the, you know, uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram, YouTube, not so much Facebook. Twitch? Uh, they are on Twitch as, as well. They, <laughs> they, Their brand is, they have, so there's Nelk Boys, which is their uh, YouTube brand, and then they have Full Send, which is their... Uh, I guess brand they want to push. So they essentially do seasons on YouTube, but it's not branded as you know uh, episode one. Yeah, season, yeah. Season two is just you know every you know they'll take they'll do five months of videos every Monday, month break, another four months, month break, blah blah blah. Um, they basically how YouTube works for those that don't know, you make monies, monies. Well, wow, no, that, that works still. <laughs> you do make monies. You um you make money off. Ad revenue, certain brands will want to, you know, uh, advertise with certain YouTubers. These guys, they basically push drinking, smoking weed, partying, anti-COVID stuff. Not <laughs> anti-COVID not, not stuff. anti-COVID, but they're like, they'll be partying with like a whole house of people. Basically anything that should be good, they don't do. Yeah, okay. Um, they kind of blew up, I'd say probably three years ago. They basically took over the um, college internet uh, world, they if, you know if you go to a college and no comes, you're gonna have a hec- it's gonna be a hectic party. There's gonna be all right. Well, I have to stop you there because I'm gonna poo my pants. So 
We're back on deck. I don't know much further you got. You were talking about this frat house comedy show. Uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I <laughs> totally lost track of where I was. Yeah. No, you were on a roll. You were good, but I my mind was wandering because <laughs> I was like... You were awfully silent. I was like, what am I... Am I going to make this? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I made an executive decision. No, I wasn't. Um, the first poo break of, of our whole... It is. I just, usually I, I, I get the urge at the end of a record... And, and we started early today, so God help us if I actually got here at my normal time. It's not uncommon. But uh, no, do continue this show you're talking about. You're explaining so, uh, yeah, to us what they do and who they are. Yeah, so uh, Nelk Boys, they release a new video every Monday at the moment. Um, there's At the moment, there's like two, three, three guys. Um, they started as three dudes, two of them still within the brand. One guy left two or three years in when they were you know low subscribers and oh whatnot. No become a tradie damn it yeah they're still really good friends with him in contact um, sorry did you say are they american canadian canadian um so uh they uh they made the move down to la a couple years ago and there's basically this one rental house that any big group lives in in um in la and at the moment a bunch of tiktok kids are living in there previously um a esports company by the name of FaZe Clan. You might have heard of them. I haven't. No? Um, they're the the single biggest esports um, company in the world. Don't get it. Don't understand Most it. successful. Never will. Anyway, they basically recruit kids. Blah, blah, blah. Um, they were in this house as well. So basically anyone that lives there, generally they will blow up and it just helps their you know connections and whatnot. Um, they've bought in two, two guys in, into their brand. Um, one of them, he basically blew up on Instagram, drinking large quantities of alcohol very easily. Um, and he's, that's, that's his, that's his thing. That's his shtick. That's his gimmick. Um, another guy they've brought in called Salim. He, uh, he was just a, another prankster when it was all blowing up and they did, did a couple of videos together. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're just <laughs> coming to you from a haunted house. I thought that, I thought that was your bottom. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah they bought him in and they've kind of they've just I know it's it's high quality videos they'll do it's anywhere between kind of 25 and 30 minutes um, what are they on have you discussed this what are, what are these YouTube. videos yeah, no, no I know the platform they're on but like what are these videos about so generally it'll start they will be, so back I think that's what I was talking about there uh, how YouTube um, kind of you, how you make money off YouTube they get demonetized every week so they do not make money off their videos, but they push. They just sell ads no, within the videos. They can't. They ha- or their only ads are for their own stuff. Yeah, but can't they do like? Can't they open the video by saying we're bought to you by? No, because no, they're not sponsored. But no one wants to sponsor them. How are they making money? Merch. So they have they have drops mm, once a month. Okay. And at any one time on the night of the drop, they'll have anywhere between 150 and 300,000 people on this website. What? And they, I've got, I've got two of their t-shirts. Um, they're just a, they're a cool, they've not cool. They, what they're doing is going to be huge. I think this they, just sounds like modern day jackass. It's what they're, what they're pushing for is a modern day, like MTV. No, Will. Sounds like modern day jackass. Sounds like they've combined. No, but they're not going into a porta potty and covering no, themselves. No, no, but it sounds. Shit. It sounds like they're doing little pranks and little clips. It sounds like jackass mixed with Bam Margera show mixed with 
CKY. Yeah, but they're kind of moving away from that. So there's one of the one of the co-founders. Um, he's, <laughs> he's he's not he's not in the videos anymore. He is probably because he's fifty years old. No, he pushes. Uh, he works a lot on the on the merchandise side, and now they've kind of they've gone from basic YouTuber merch to um, to working into more like cut and sew good quality pieces. Um, and he he also they have a so the brand the brand that the merch brand they push is Full Send. They have a Full Send channel which kind of revolves a lot around that side, and they're kind of branching out. And they they want to eventually um, you know sponsor. Um, sponsor people and just kind of to do what? Just th- like they are, they'll be a full send athlete. They'll be a full send. What you know, influencer. Um, How has this been allowed to happen? Stuff. Money, bro. Oh, they just make money anyway. I, I, <laughs> it's it's high high quality production stuff for stuff that probably shouldn't be, but they've got you know they've got two or three cameramen, two or three editors. They're all they're making serious bank off it as well. Um, the main brains is a guy called Kyle, Kyle Forgard. That's one of the co-founders. He, um, him and Jesse, the guy who's more the cut and sew pieces, they do it. They're pushing, I think this time last year, they probably had two mil. I think they got 6.3 or 6.4 as of last night. Um, they're pushing for 10 mil this year. It's stupid how much money they make considering they make no money off their videos. Um, for, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think our listener base is probably your age or maybe a bit older, Sean, but for anyone younger that's listening um, that, you know, wants to enjoy some free content, um, you know, give it a watch. It's a bit of fun. It's not all, you know, party and drinking, but, like, you know, they'll have two little pranks in the video, then they'll have party scene. It's just, it's like a, it's a version of... A partying scene, did you say? As in, like, they'll have, like, a 45-second cut of just them just, like, at a club and, yeah. you know, music. And, like, they got trending music in the background. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a, something different. Um, bit left field for this pod. Mm. Um, but they take up a big chunk of, um, of a avenue that I use a lot to consume media. Um, and something I enjoy. So, if you're into that sort of stuff, you know, dabbling in alcohol and other certain things like it they're selling like a vicarious lifestyle correct um but they make so much money off merch it's crazy they just and they push it it's only once a month once it's gone it's gone it doesn't come back um i <laughs> i got two shirts last year i but like waited for the drop i think you have to stay up in other countries but for us it's like four in the afternoon or something so i just did it close to christmas and maddie's like oh why'd you like why'd you buy that i would have got it for christmas i was like no i needed to be on the computer this stuff sells very fast. Um, I got and they what they do a lot of samples with their merch as well. So like they've got basketball jerseys and they all look like NBA teams, but it just says like full send or senders or whatever. Yeah. Um, one of my tops is a Nintendo sixty four sample. So it's got um, it's got FS within that kind of square logo. Yep. Um, and then I think it's full send sixty four or full send sixty nine because you know sexual jokes. Of course. Um, sort of the highbrow stuff we're <laughs> dealing with here. Yeah, um, but it, you know, people see it, they think, okay, that's Nintendo sixty four, but then actually read what it is. I know it's just it's a you know they they are very very considering what they do for a living. They've become very very business savvy, and they basically don't put a foot wrong. Interesting. For, yeah, 
Um, and they kind of one of their yeah, as I said before, one of their big things last year was one of the one of the members in Nelk uh, was a big Trump fan. He you know put all this money on him to win and stuff, so he lost all this money. But they basically went kind of they went onto a lot of things. Donald Trump reposted it as well on his Instagram. He basically, he ba- they were they were behind him at a rally, and they basically he basically got he basically pulled them up, and um. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. So when Donald Trump's that. doing his famous weird dance, yep. they're doing the YMCA YMCA with him. Yeah. They were not briefed on happening. That wasn't going to happen, and they do it, and that was just it was crazy. Um. So not sure. I think I have sure seen what, that. What are you looking at now? That's Nothing. not no no not related to the pod. No. Um. But that's my third pick. If you you know want to see what the kids are up to these days, um, that's in America. That's what's happening. But very um, you probably do it here in Australia right now, but over there people are dying left, front, center. So it's probably not the right thing to do. No, no, read the room. No, no. read the room. Uh, what's your pick of the week? My pick will be oh, Superstore. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been watching Nelk for years now, so it's not really a pick of the week. I know that I like it. Yep. Um, and then Brittany was Brittany. Yeah, look, I think it's a hard one because I think Brittany is a worthwhile watch. Yeah, I think it absolutely is. Um, but look, my, I think my pick of the week. It's really tricky because, um, uh, like I said, Brittany's worthwhile checking out. I thought you know, Fellowship of the Ring is just a brilliant, brilliant movie. Uh, and Barry, if you haven't seen it, is absolutely worth seeing. All over you have actually. That's extraordinary performance. <laughs> I, I tried to up. be quiet with like the. With uh, the, the I looked over to Will and he was covered. He showered himself. <laughs> Um, you probably be able to hear it in the mic, but it's like that's <laughs> <laughs> quite good. Um, look, I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings. Just nice. as something, Love as it. I said, I um, haven't haven't watched in a little while, uh-huh. and to go back and watch it and be like, wow, this is great. Yeah. So probably already seen it, but watch it again. You won't yeah. mind it. 20th anniversary. It's a good time to check it out again. Nice, excellent. Will, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. That cut in the middle of your last recommendation will be interesting. Just it'll be yeah, really, really crude. Fuck me over there, it'll be really <laughs> crude. So we do apologise for that. But um, there'll be no simple upload. You have was, to, uh, no, no, we can do it now. It's there. We can. Oh, almost lost the uh, almost very lost the iPad, iPad, but I was able to catch it. No, no. Look, uh, situation was looking dire there for a moment, <laughs> so I had to I had to make an executive decision, and that was to pause the pod and uh, go and have a poo. So thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again in a couple of weeks' time. Hit us up on uh, Twitter. Yes. Um, If you, you know, somehow you found this and you don't follow us. uh, How have you found it? Watch this week at Watch This Weekly. Yes. Um, Definitely not on Facebook. No longer on Instagram. I logged out of that account, so I'm no longer (laughs) getting notifications. Um, (laughs) I said this was what would happen. Yeah. Um, Sean, where do I get a good barn me around here? Get a good what? Barn me. Vietnamese pork roll. Absolutely no idea. Jesus Christ. I'd actually, I'd, yeah, I've got no idea. I don't know if you can, mm-hmm. to be honest. Might go up to the... Uh, Pines. Yeah. See what's there. Yeah, check it out. I've got. I've literally got no idea where you would go. Hmm. Where'd you go? Maybe I'll just drive to Glen Waverley. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll catch Goodbye. you again next time. It's been a pleasure. All right.